You're listening to the Aromatic Wisdom Podcast, episode number 63. Today, we're going to explore the fascinating world of essential oil plant families. We'll talk about the respective essential oils in each family, and I'm going to give you some tips to help you remember what makes each plant family unique. You're listening to the Aromatic Wisdom Podcast with your host, Liz Fulcher. If you're interested in learning about essential oils, hearing interviews with industry experts, and discovering ways to grow your own aromatherapy business, this is the podcast for you. For more information and show notes, visit the website at aromaticwisdominstitute.com. Now sit back, relax, take a deep breath, and enjoy as Liz shares a dose of aromatic wisdom. Hello, friends, and welcome back to the Aromatic Wisdom Podcast. It's so great to be with you yet again. I've been doing this nine years, and if any of you are still listening after nine years, God bless you, and thank you so much. So I'm your host, clinical aromatherapist, back porch distiller, teacher, mom, nana, lots of things. I wear tons of hats, and one of the hats I wear is plant enthusiast. I do love plants, and I'm kind of a botanical nerd in that I love plant names. This may be because I'm fluent in a romantic language, and the basis for romantic languages is Latin, and the basis for plant names is Latin. So I love saying things like Nardostachius jatamanzi, which is spike nard, or Maristica Fragrance, which is nutmeg. But seriously, once you learn the real names of the plants that produce the essential oils and their Latin names, you actually start getting a deeper um, relationship with the essential oils. So I've kind of wandered off the path already, just two minutes into the podcast. So to bring it back, today I am talking about plant names, essential oil plant families. I'm talking about the plants that bear the essential oils that we love and the families that each one belong to. And I think where I was going with the earlier uh, rabbit hole was just like when you understand the Latin binomials of the essential oils, you have a deeper relationship with the oils. When you understand the plant families, you also deepen your relationship with the oils because you're really getting to know the oils at a foundational level. The oils come from plants. And why wouldn't you want to learn more about the plants? Plants are truly the cornerstone of the practice of aromatherapy, regardless of what you're using, whether it is essential oils, hydrosols, CO2s, even carriers. It all comes back to the plants. Therefore, they truly are the building blocks from which everything else stems in aromatherapy. Oh, and look there, I just made a plant pun, from which everything stems. Yeah, it was kind of a dad joke. So in true to Liz Fulcher form, I'm going to start with a definition. A definition of plant families. Plant families are groups of plants that share common characteristics and are classified together based on their botanical similarities. So using human families as an analogy for plant families, we can draw some parallels between the two. In human families, individuals who are related by blood form a family unit. 
They can share physical traits, genetic similarities, and they often have common characteristics that distinguish them from people outside the family. So an entire family could be redheaded and left-handed, and let's call them the Smith family. And these traits that that family has, that they're all redheaded and they're all left-handed and maybe they can all tap dance, is what distinguishes them from other redheads, other left-handed people, and other tap dancers. The fact that they all share these same characteristics and traits. Bringing it back to plants, plant families consist of plants that share certain key features and characteristics. So they're all individual different plants but there's something about each one of those plants that makes them similar to other plants, and therefore they're grouped into a family. Let me give you an example. The botanical family called Asteraceae has plants that all look a, kind of like a sunflower. In fact, the sunflower is part of the Asteraceae family. All the plants in this family have a center part called a disc. It's usually yellow. And it looks like a whole lot of little teeny tiny flowers bunched together. These flowers also have, uh, let's see, their leaves are all the same. They have long, uh, narrow leaves with pointy ends. And the plants in the Asteraceae family grow in groups. It looks like they're all huddling close together. So these are characteristics that they all share, makes them similar, and therefore they're grouped into a family. Plant families, like human families, can also vary in their size. You've got some families in humans that are huge. They've got 10 and 12 children. And you have other families where there are only one or two children. It's the same thing with plants. Some families can be small with just a couple of species included. And others can be really large and diverse with hundreds of species of plants. So who makes this determination? Well, it would be botanists. The classification of plant families is established by professional botanists through their scientific research and analysis. All right, please listen carefully to what I'm going to say next. I've had students ask me, Liz, I'm making a blend, but I don't have the essential oil I need. Can I just substitute it with a different essential oil from the same botanical family? What do you think? Well, I will tell you, my answer is always a resounding maybe, but not necessarily. Yes, plants from the same botanical family share similar characteristics for sure. But just like humans, plants found in the same family can also have big differences. So let's go back to our family of left-handed, red-headed tap dancers. So they all have this, these traits in common. They're left-handed, they're red-headed, they tap dance. But there's one family member that is a morning person. She wakes up full of energy, ready to, ready to start the day. Her sister is a night owl and sleeps until noon. If you had to hire one of these people for your paper route, which one would you choose? Well, if I were looking to hire someone to deliver newspapers to my customers, I would want the morning person, one who's apt to get up, be on time, get the job done. Just because they're in the same family and share many of the same characteristics doesn't mean that they can both do the same job and give you the results you're looking for. So can you just exchange one essential oil in a family for another essential oil in the same family? Not really. Now, keep in mind 
I'm speaking really from a therapeutic perspective. If you want to make a blend that has therapeutic applications and you expect a specific result, you're going to need to look at the chemistry. So let's look at an example closer to home. I want to give you an example of how two essential oils from the same family can be very different in their applications. And there's also a safety factor to consider. So looking at the Poaceae family, it can also be called Poaceae. I do tend to go back and forth with how the ending is pronounced. With the Poaceae family, we get the gorgeous essential oils of lemongrass and palmarosa. Both of those plants are grasses. They each produce a really strongly aromatic essential oil with fantastic therapeutic properties. But they have very different chemistry. Lemongrass is in the aldehyde chemical family different kind of family, but still we like to group things. So lemongrass is in the aldehyde chemical family, whereas palmarosa is in the monoterpenol chemical family. The precautions for lemongrass and palmarosa are pretty much the opposite. Lemongrass can irritate the skin. Palmarosa can soothe the skin, yet they're both from the grassy plants in the Poaceae plant family. So please do not listen to the blog posts that say essential oils within the same family share therapeutic properties. And when you need a substitute, just turn to the plant family for alternatives. Please don't do that. Ugh, I don't like when I read that. I get upset. Why then should we even study plant families? What's the point? Well, the point is you understand essential oil plant families. It's another layer of knowledge. Always keep in the forefront of your mind that the plants are the building blocks of aromatherapy. That is where it all begins, with the plants. The better your relationship with the source, with the plants, where they come from, what they look like, what are their characteristics, the better your relationship with the aromatics that come from those plants and the better you are as a practitioner. You will broaden your understanding of both the botanical world And you're going to have just an overall deeper connection to nature. In a second, we're going to move into the next part of this podcast episode where I list several plant families, their characteristics, and the essential oils that come from them. I won't be doing all the plant families because there are way too many, but I'll be doing a few of the most common that you'll come across uh, when you work with essential oils. Before I do that, there are two things I want to say. The first is... If you would like to read what I'm saying, you can get a transcript of the episode right there with the show notes at aromaticwisdompodcast.com forward slash 63. And the second thing is, if you would like to support the Aromatic Wisdom Podcast, you can go to patreon.com forward slash aromatic wisdom and become an Aromatic Wisdom Insider. This is a terrific way to support the podcast, and I'm starting to add more and more exclusive goodies for my insiders as I learn what they would like to have. So for this episode, I'm giving my insiders a printable chart of all the plant families with something like 37 different essential oil-producing plant families, many more than, than what I'm actually talking about in this episode. And if you are already a patron of the Aromatic Wisdom Podcast, first of all, thank you so much. I cannot tell you how much I appreciate the support. And you'll find this uh, printable when you log in to patreon.com forward slash Aromatic Wisdom. 
And I'd say this is the perfect time to welcome two new patrons to the podcast, Aaron and Julie. Welcome to both of you, and thank you very much for your support. I deeply appreciate it. All right, let's get into the plant families. And I want to mention that sometimes I say ACA and sometimes I say ACI. Truly, how you wish to pronounce the ending of these plant families is up to you. They're both correct. Number one, Apiaceae is commonly known as the carrot family. This plant family is really easy to spot, for example, if you're looking out into a field or a garden, because the flowers are what they call umbellifer-shaped. It's a type of flower that looks like an umbrella turned upside down. A common example around where I live, or I think might even be all of North America, in the summer we get white Queen Anne's lace, those delicate little white flowers everywhere alongside the road, in fields, and they do look like sweet little upside-down umbrellas. And that's a classic example of an umbellifer. Three essential oils that are produced from plants in the Apiaceae family are carrot seed, angelica root, and fennel. The second botanical family we're going to look at is Asteraceae or Asteraceae, commonly known as the daisy family. This is the largest flowering plant family, and it also has a lot of very unique flowers, as I mentioned earlier in the podcast. What looks like one single flower is actually many small flowers attached to a specialized part of the stalk. As I said, they, um, a whole bunch of little tiny flowers together from a distance looks like one big flower. And if you get up close, you see all these bit of little itty bitty flowers. Mother Nature is really quite remarkable, isn't she? Three common essential oils born from the Asteraceae family include Roman chamomile, helichrysum, and yarrow. Okay, the third botanical family we're looking at today is Bursaraceae or Bursaraceae also known as the torchwood family. Plants in this family love dry and sunny climates. One of the most notable characteristics of this family is that they secrete resin. So there you go. That's a good sort of hint to get you started thinking about what essential oils might be born of this family. The resin is kept in specialized cells in the plant's wood or bark, a lot of the resins produced by the Bursaraceae plants have been used for centuries in traditional medicine and incense and perfumes. Have you already started to guess what some of the aromatics might be that come from this particular family? Well, three examples are, you guessed it, frankincense, myrrh, and alimi. Now, to help you remember the name of this family with the associated oils, these Essential oils that come from the Bursaraceae family are burned generally for their aromatic smoke. So if you can remember torchwood, that should help you remember torchwood, Bursaraceae family. Personally, how I remember is because in, in Latin, bursa means purse or bag. So when I was in Italy, I used to wear, use a borsa to put my things in. It was a, it's a purse. In college, the bursar's office is where they collect tuition. So if you can imagine a tree holding resin in a pouch or a bag, perhaps that will help you remember Bursaraceae. Again, the aromatics that come from that family, frankincense, myrrh, and alimi. 
Next on our botanical tour is the woody and grounding Cupressaceae family, also sometimes known as the cypress family. The members of this family will be trees or shrubs, and they are evergreen, so they are green year-round. They tend to have kind of a special shape. They are often tall and pointy, even like a big triangle, or they'll be straight and tall like a column. They actually look really cool. And they have cones, hence the name conifer. Any plant that is in a conifer family produces a cone, which is where the name comes from. Can you tell I like words? (laughs) And three essential oils that are produced in this family are, yes, cypress essential oil, duh. And uh, this essential is extracted from the leaves and twigs, but it's also extracted from the cones. Not all, not all, oh my gosh, what am I trying to say? Not all of the cupressiaceae cones are used for essential oils, but essential oil is extracted from the cones of the cypress tree, Cupressus sempervirens. You also get cedarwood essential oil that's derived from the bark or the wood of the trees, and juniper berry essential oil. This is extracted from the berries, but also sometimes from the leaves and twigs. The next essential oil plant family that I'm going to talk about is called Lamiaceae, and this is kind of a rock star among plant families. For one thing, it produces more essential oils than any other plant family. So it's it there are lots and lots of essential oils that come from this family. And here are some characteristics of the Lamiaceae family. So the leaves of plants in the Lamiaceae family are extremely aromatic. That is because the little glands that contain the essential oil sit very much on the surface of the leaves within this family. So if you think about peppermint, lavender, rosemary, there are leaves that um, when you touch them, the aroma comes off on your fingers. That is a characteristic of the Lemiaceae family. Now, the fragrance given off by these leaves can be herbaceous in, for example, with thyme or oregano. It can be sweet, like in lavender or clary sage, or it can be minty, like all the mints that you can imagine in the world. There are all the mints are in this family. So these plants really tend to make the air around them smell good if you walk through a field with them. They also have square stems. So most plants have round stems, but the Lemiaceae plants have stems that are kind of like a box. So if you roll them between your fingers, you're going to notice that it doesn't roll smoothly, but it just feels a bit more bumpy. And this is one of the things that makes them really identifiable. If you're just out into the in a field or something and you see a plant, you know it's a Lemiaceae by this square stem. And kind of a side note about the Lemiaceae or Lemiaceae family, if you are someone who likes to distill plants to make essential oils or hydrosols, or in particular, if you're new to distillation, uh, you can start with the Lemiaceae family. It's a really easy family to distill and to get good results. Some other families so, for example, I'm going to talk about the Lauraceae family next. Lauraceae family have very thick leaves. It has a hard cuticle on them. You have to kind of uh, prepare them for distillation. You don't have to do that with the Lamiaceae family. So if you have peppermint, spearmint, which most people can grow very easily in their gardens, 
and you have a small still, even like a little five liter still, and you would like to make yourself some hydrosol, uh, start with one of the Lemiaceae's. You'll get a really nice aromatic hydrosol. Okay, if you have been paying attention, you know the Lauraceae family is next. Some characteristics of the plants in the Lauraceae or Lauraceae family are the leaves. They're huge. They tend to be very large and shiny because they have this thick cuticle, kind of like the leaves of tropical plants. Uh, their leaves tend to be very smooth and, as I said, shiny or glossy, almost waxy texture. The other thing about this family and the leaves is that the the leaves tend to have a really strong spicy or even a sweet aroma. So to give you an example, one of my very favorite essential oils comes from this family, and that is Loris nobilis. The common name is bay leaf or laurel leaf. Apart from bay leaf, two other plants uh, that are extracted from this family are cinnamon and Litsia cubeba, also known as Mei Chang. Coming up next on our plant adventure is the Myrtaceae family, also known as the Myrtle family. This group really delivers the essential oils. The members of this plant family love the heat. They're often found in the tropical locations where they get their heat, sunlight, and moisture, like the hot and spicy clove plant, which is found primarily in Indonesia. Australia is a country that is really famous for its rich diversity of essential oil producing Myrtaceae plants, like the genus Eucalyptus. Eucalyptus has hundreds of species. So we know Eucalyptus globulus is the classic eucalyptus essential oil comes from this family. And also the genus Melaleuca, which has over 300 species, one being that rock star also is Melaleuca alternifolia, which we know is our beloved tea tree oil. This family also includes another big genus of the myrtles. So in the Myrtaceae family, you would find, of course, the essential oil of myrtle, Myrtus communis. Moving on, we have the beautiful citrusy Rutaceae or Rutaceae family, which is known as the rue family. It can also be called the citrus family because these plants produce those wonderful, juicy, colorful citrus fruits from which we get essential oils like sweet orange, lemon, lime, bergamot. And we even get essential oils from their flowers. So for example, with citrus aurantium, when the flower is extracted, we get neroli or the leaves, which produces any of the pettigrain essential oils. So pettigrain always comes from the leaves of a citrus plant. In terms of the visual characteristics of the Rutaceae plants, it can be a bit broad. However, the leaves are usually very simple in shape. They just have a single leaf blade and they're glossy and they usually have a very strong aroma when they're crushed. And of course, the essential oils that we're most familiar with, the citruses, come from the rind or the zest part of the fruit. And finally, last but definitely not least, we're going to have a look at the spicy and aromatic Zingiberaceae plant family or Zingiberaceae plant family. This is where we find essential oils like ginger, cardamom, turmeric, warm, spicy. And they come from warm countries, warm and humid, actually. They like the tropics, the subtropic regions like Southeast Asia, Central South America, uh, Africa, 
lots of gingers coming from Africa, Nigeria, Tanzania, Madagascar. The plants themselves can produce some really gorgeous flowers that are themselves raised for ornamental purposes. But when we're talking about essential oils, the part of the plant in the Zingiberaceae family that contains essential oil is the rhizome, which is a kind of a root. So the the essential oil does not come from flowers or leaves. It comes specifically from the roots in the Zingiberaceae family. So there you have eight examples of the expansive and very diverse realm of essential oil plant families. You probably have guessed, I just barely scratched the surface of this, you know, this amazing corner of aromatherapy. A lot of aromatherapists just don't get in touch with the source, don't get in touch with the plant. So if this, if you feel like you're a budding botanical enthusiast, if there's something in this episode that has reached you and piqued an interest, I really invite you to dive deeper and learn more about the, the source of our essential oils. Well, that was fun, but I think it's time that we take a minute to smell my life. Recently, about a month ago, my husband and I bought a small camper. It's called an R-Pod. It's, I think the term for it is actually a trailer. It's a little pull-behind camper. And we are going camping uh, very soon. We're taking it out for its maiden voyage. And it has an aroma. It is new. It's actually not new. It's We bought it from somebody else who owned it, but they only used it twice. So it is really, for all intents and purposes, it's a brand new little camper. So it has this kind of factory smell to it. And I don't much like it. So apart from I've aired it out, opened the doors and windows, I have gone through and wiped it down, wiped practically all the surfaces with peppermint essential oil or eucalyptus. Now I am careful because there's wood in it and you have to be careful when using essential oils and cleaning. But I did that for a couple of reasons. One is to kind of baptize it with my energy and my my essence and to get rid of any energetic imprints that are there from the manufacturing, but also just to create a beautiful uplifting aroma. I specifically chose piercing essential oils. And by that, those the, not the, not the uh, base notes. I could have gone with cedar wood or something that sounds, that smells woodsy, but I didn't want to. I wanted something sharp and piercing. Eucalyptus, peppermint, lemongrass would have been probably another choice I could have gone with. And the place smells, the place, the camper smells so good now. It really does. So if you have a camper, I invite you to do the same thing, especially because they can start to smell musty or musky, musty. Yeah, they start to smell musty from being damp. So I really invite you to clean it out once in a while with essential oils. And it also helps keep bugs and things away. Well, my friends, that's it for episode number 63, Essential Oil Plant Families, The Building Blocks of Aromatherapy. Thank you so much for joining me again for this episode. And if you'd like to support the podcast, patreon.com forward slash aromatic wisdom. Until next time, my dear friends, be happy, be well. <laughs>